how to preach here again. There you had to make sure you measure your phrases <laughs> so the person translating can keep up with you. But it was a great trip. Uh, I've been down there a lot of times now. I don't, know, I don't even know how many times I've been down there. Uh, but let's see, it was really awesome. Number one, well, this is not really number one, but definitely ate very well down there. I mean, just to be honest with you, and I took every advantage of whenever we could eat really good, I ate good. <laughs> when it comes to beef, I'm definitely an Argentine at heart. That's one thing I connect with them on is the way they cook meat and the way their meat is flavored. It's a little bit different from here because it's not, it's all grass fed and it's delicious, but uh I just want to tell you a couple little things. Uh, man, the worship there was the best worship I've ever experienced in Argentina. I mean, that was really, they have a really great worship team there uh, at the church there, R3 Church at the His Heart Mission Base. Um, and what, here it is, is they have a couple who lead worship. So it's a little bit similar to Will and uh, Sarah. She plays the keyboard and he plays the drums and other things guitar, he's like a musician, but what they are so good at is tapping into the spiritual realm, knowing when to get in and release it, and knowing when to be done with it. That's a trick that not many people leading worship know how to do, unfortunately, right? And they, but they know how to really release the presence of the Lord, and it was just amazing, man. A couple of times when they led worship, I was just astounded. So much so, I asked them, would they come here and lead worship? Yeah. Of course, he doesn't speak English, but <laughs> it might be a trick. But, but it doesn't matter, really. I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you can sort of flow and go. And That was really a highlight for me, was the worship. And um, Another thing was, I was really tentative going down there about what the Lord wanted me to do down there because of where I'm at spiritually, personally. And I don't really like to recycle stuff, tell you the truth. I mean, God recycles stuff all the time. He's a recycler, right? I mean, he's big into the green movement before anybody else got into it. But, you know, I just was really having some difficulties about you know, when you go into an environment like that, it's not like local. you're like in the local congregation environment. That's a little bit different dynamic. So I was concerned about that. But I determined, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go and do what I have that's in my heart right now. That's Because that's, that's what I feel the most important thing for me. For me, it was the best ever. And I think God did some really strategic things there. I mean, I know He did. I mean... And I can't really have conversation. I don't know, Jim, at some point, will, whenever he's ready to talk about it. But the Lord did some pretty amazing things there, really. Uh, more on a strategic level, it felt to me. You know, it's hard when you've got four older guys being the ministry team. I'll be honest with you. You get tired really quick. So you just kind of like, uh, we can't be praying for a bunch of people forever here. We're going to have to sit down, you know. We did pray for people, and God gave us amazing, you know, prophetic ministry and words and stuff. But, you know, when you have a bunch of people, you can just sort of let everybody spread the wealth. So it was good, though. Um, really great. I'm thankful that I got to go. And uh, I didn't know if any of these other guys wanted to say anything. If you do, you know, you can right now. I mean, but David Summers and Jim and Larry and I went. Uh, it was just a great time. I appreciate the Lord. appreciate 
And hopefully next year the uh, pastor of the church there, he's wanting to come here. Uh, actually, they consider Riverlight to be their church. That's what they, they say. I was talking to the worship, the worship leaders, and, and I was just telling them some thoughts that I have about worship. And they were, I said, I'm just telling you thoughts, you know. And she said, oh, I want to hear your thoughts because, because River Life is our church. That's what they said. We feel like we're a part of River Life, so we want to hear your thoughts about what, you know. Yeah, it is amazing. It's totally amazing. I mean, like, really? <laughs> you know. But thank you, Lord. The Lord's good, isn't he? The Lord's so good. So let me just try to give you this message, uh, at least a piece of it, um, they did accuse me of preaching too long down there, okay? I was told that because, you know, and they said if we did that at River Life, you would be throwing us out the door. And so I don't know if I did or not because I kind of was losing track of time there for some reason. I'll tell you one thing that I did there different this time, I feel like the Lord wanted me to, is I feel like the Lord wanted me to really pay attention, other than the time, he should have said time included, but the culture there. Because I feel like God wanted to speak to me through the culture. Okay? And a lot of times when you go to a place like that, you try to really connect more on the spiritual realm. But I feel like God was speaking to me about their culture there. And, about, and I can tell you this, I don't understand that culture. <laughs> I, can, I don't really, Lord, I don't really don't understand this culture at all. It's a different culture. But uh, that was a, a difference for me there. Um, but I don't really have all that sorted out yet. But they got a wonder. It's a beautiful culture, really. Every culture on earth is beautiful, you know, because God has created every person uniquely, and and God wants us to bring what we have, what how He creates and what He's put in us. He wants us to bring that forth. That's what He's interested in. There was a guy down there. He's from, he was a Brazilian guy. He's a pastor from Brazil who was there, and he's a dancer. And uh, this guy is 48 years old, and he can dance like a maniac. I mean, he does elaborate dances. I mean, he don't just get up and jump around. He does crazy stuff. Huh? Split. Yeah, he did splits. I mean, literally splits. I mean, it was painful to watch. Like, ah, I'm going to die. But uh, there was one night this guy let out this sound doing worship, and I'm telling you, it was God, and it was Him, and at that moment, I heard that person, I heard that true person that was in that man get released, and something shifted in the spiritual climate around all of a sudden when he let that thing out, and it's just an example for me, and for all of us, really, is God has put in you a you a real you, and God has chosen to mix himself into you, okay? And he wants that mixture of you and him. It's a good mixture. It's a God mixture. It's a unique creation, and he wants that released out of you. However, for him, it was that yell, it was the dance in that moment. But for all of us, whatever it is, who, whoever you are, God is interested in that. He's not interested in, in masks. He's not interested in walls. He's not interested in trying to be something. He wants you to be you. And he's pleased when, when you're you. He's happy when you're you. And that's how the spiritual atmosphere can get changed. Uh, I really hadn't planned to say anything, but Byron's touching on this guy that we really love. 
and Byron doesn't even know this, uh, what I'm going to say, but this man had been falsely accused of some hideous things. And the day that that thing was released in him and he cried out to the Lord, I kind of know some of the backstory. I'm not going to go into the details. But the person who had been spreading those false accusations and really making his life miserable called and repented to him uh, for having damaged him over rumors. And so there was, it was really deep crying unto deep. And I, when Byron was, if, if someone has spoken falsely against you, do not retaliate against that person, but cry out to God. And God can intervene in miraculous ways that we just can't imagine because he really is our deliverer as well as our Savior. Amen. That was good. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad to hear that. All right, so I want to read this scripture to you. Um, but first I want to ask you, I'm sure most of you have gone to the fair at one time in your life and saw those mirrors they have that distort the way you look. You know, they make you real tall and skinny or short and fat. Huh? Then you see distortion. I was thinking about that, and that's really how a lot of people see themselves. They see themselves in a distorted way, like in those mirrors. They look at them, and there's a, I actually found this scripture here I wanted to read to you about a man who had a distorted view of himself. It's in Acts 8, uh, verses 18 uh, through 23. And this man was a, a, a sorcerer, a, a witchcraft. He was in a witchcraft, and he, there was a move of God that happened and this is the background, and he got saved. And, uh, and then they had asked the apostles to come and pray for the people who had received salvation. And as they began to pray for them, people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in tongues. And this man, this is where we're going to pick up at. So this is his story. And it says, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, that seems not really good, but for somebody who's just been recently saved, you might say, Well, that's not how this thing works. But that really wasn't what Peter how Peter responded. Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Well, that's an amazing revelation right there, right? You have neither part nor portion in this manner, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Your heart, see, Peter was seeing beyond. He was seeing into this man's heart. Your heart is not right. Repent, therefore, of, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thoughts of your heart may be forgiven you, the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned, poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Let me tell you, this word here, this is a, an amazing, that little phrase, the thought of your heart. Uh, this is the only place 
in the uh, New Testament where the word thought there is translated the way it is, it's translated, it's uh, a Greek word, it's uh, E-P-I-N-O-I-A. It's the epinoia of your heart. And like it's, it means to see upon. That's what it literally means, to see upon the attention of the mind. It's what your heart looks upon. It's what your heart is seeing. Everybody's seeing something. And so what this person was seeing, he was seeing something, okay, that was not right. It was so bad that it poisoned him, okay? It was so bad that it poisoned him and caused him to get bound. And that's why Peter went, went after him. We don't, the Bible doesn't tell us what he was seeing, okay? It doesn't tell us what he was seeing. But whatever his heart was seeing, it was destroying him. It basically had destroyed his life, got him into witchcraft, and even though he had been saved, even though he had been baptized in water, he still was bound and he was still poisoned. Okay? He was still bound. He was still poisoned by what he saw with his life. Okay? What he saw with his life. Now think about that for a minute. What you see is really important. What you're looking at is really important. Um. I wanted to read this, this verse here out of Jeremiah. It says, The word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. I found it curious that God often would ask prophets what they saw. Okay? What do you see? Many times he asked the prophets, what did you see? Have you noticed some of the stuff we were seeing? There was a lot of things about what we're seeing. Okay? This morning. We're going to see your glory. We're going to see your goodness. You see, what you see determines the direction of your life. Whatever you're looking at determines the direction of your life. Whether you realize that or not, everybody's seeing something. In this room, you're seeing something for your life. You're seeing a direction for your life. And whatever that is determines where your life is going. You know, it's like driving a car. Have you ever... Notice if you start looking to one side while you're driving, how the car will begin to go. It goes where you're looking. It even happens when you're walking. If you start walking and looking somewhere else, you slowly begin to drift the way you're looking. And so in our hearts, the Bible teaches us in our hearts, our hearts are seeing something. Our hearts are looking at something constantly. And what this man Simon saw was destroying him. It could have been a bad thing from the past. It could be some evil thing he was doing. But it was keeping him bound and it was poisoning his life. And so many people, many Christians see themselves in a distorted way. They're looking at something. They're looking at themselves. And they're seeing, not seeing themselves the way they really are. And so their lives are distorted. Therefore, the direction of their life, they're going in the wrong direction of their life. They're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. They're getting caught up in things they shouldn't get caught up in. And so what I think is I think we all should be asking that question. We should all ask ourselves the question, what am I seeing right now in my life? Where do I see my life going? That's an excellent question for everybody in this room. It's a challenging question when you really begin to ask God, where do I see my life going? What am I seeing right now for my life, the direction I'm going in? And you may discover it's an awesome direction, or you may dis- discover it's not the direction that God's called me to go in. So, I believe that, I believe we're in a a season where God is wanting to help us see our life 
and see life in general differently. I believe that's where I believe this is what I really I believe God wants to upgrade everybody. I mean, I believe He wants to upgrade every part of your life. Period. I mean, I believe He wants to upgrade your health. I believe He wants to upgrade you spiritually. I believe He wants to upgrade your relationships. I believe He wants to upgrade your ministry, your calling. I believe He wants to upgrade your finances. Everybody loves that, right? I do. I mean, every area, your employment, if you're an employer, your job, your, your business, your ministry, you name it, list it. God is really, there's a time, we're in a time where God is desiring to upgrade us. But the only way he's going to be able to upgrade you and I is get us to begin to see something different about ourselves and about our lives and about the direction we're going in. Because he can't upgrade you if you stay where you've always been. If you're living in what you did last year or five years ago or ten years ago, if your revelation of the Lord has stopped there, you're not going to be able to go any further. And Christians are notorious for getting trapped in looking at the wrong thing and seeing something that's not, that's not going to serve them. Does anybody in this room know what I'm talking about? It really will help you if you begin to ask the Lord. So there's some things the Lord wants to do to help us uh, you know, upgrade our thinking, upgrade what we're seeing. There's, there's things in the Bible that really tell us. And first, the first thing is, is how we look at God. That's the, the first and most important thing that God wants to change for, uh, for everybody all the time is how we see God, how we view God. That's why, you know, in Matthew 16, Jesus asked the question, who do people say I am? And then he, he, after he asked that general broad question, like everybody else, what everybody else is saying. Then he nailed them and said, but who do you say that I am? Because you know what? It's fine what, who Marlon says you are, Lord, but I, don't, I need to know who, who I say you are. And so and because your view of God will affect your view of every part of your life, every part of your life. If you see God as a very gracious and loving God, it's going to impact you majorly. If you see Him as a withholding and angry God, it's going to impact you majorly. It's going to impact you on a very practical level. So that's the first thing that we really need to begin to do is ask ourselves how we see God. Who are you, Lord? Who are you to me now? What are you saying to me now? You know, uh, one of the things that happened with uh, Jesus once in Matthew 13, He went to His hometown. And he went in there and shared some scriptures. And the next thing you know, everybody's just offended. They're totally offended at him. Like, well, isn't, who does he think he is? You know, we know him. We, we know his brothers. We know his sister. You know, we grew up with him. And he's coming in here making all these dramatic claims upon his life. And it says that Jesus couldn't do many mighty works there. Jesus couldn't do many mighty works there because they didn't see him as the son of God. They saw him as just a regular person who who thinks he's somebody now. Jesus could not do mighty works because of the way people saw him. The way you see God, the way you see Christ will bind him from working in your life. That's what that teaches. See, it will bind you. It will bind God from being able to do the things that God wants to do for you. Many times we're begging God and crying out to God to do something for us, and we're the problem. We're the thing that's holding Him back. 
We have a belief system about him that's not true. Or, this is, this is Christians are notorious for this. Are y'all okay? Christians are notorious as they come into a time of revelation and blessing. And it was a wonderful time. But the wind has blown on. The river has flowed on. Yet the people are still back trying to live in that moment back there. And God is down there. And our revelation of God is limited. Because we haven't been able to keep going with Him. And it hinders us from... From being able to receive, you know, from the Lord. So I think that's the first thing, you know, that all of us really need to be doing in this hour. It would be an awesome thing for you to do is really think about who the Lord is to you. How do you see Christ? How do you see the Lord? Is He just your Savior? That's great, but He's more than a Savior. You know, there's, God wants, there's, wants to reveal Himself to people. God wants to show different sides of Himself to people different aspects of his personality to you in this time. He doesn't want to be the God of 2014 to you anymore. Those, those, that, the, that was awesome for that time. That was to help us at that moment. We don't throw that away, but we build on that. The other thing is, is, is just asking the Lord. I, I wanted to read Jeremiah 33.3 a lot. This is a simple thing here. This morning, it says, every, a lot of people know this scripture, but I love this scripture. Call to me. That's what it says. Call to me. And I will answer you and do what? Show. I will show you something. I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You see, God's looking for people who are willing to see something different. See something different about themselves. See something different about their life and what they're doing. See something different about their past. See, a lot of people are stuck in their past. They failed. Their past didn't work. You know, this term, well, you know, I need to be vulnerable again. You know, have you ever heard Christians say that? About being vulnerable again. Y'all haven't ever heard that? Golly, I hear, I've heard it all my Christian life. People who got burned in church. I got burned in church. I got hurt. I got wounded. I, got, I failed. But I need to be vulnerable again. And I'm thinking that's about just a dumb thought. You know, it's just dumb. I mean, why would you ever let yourself quit being vulnerable? Why would you ever let, let yourself quit allowing God at total access to your life? Just because things didn't work out. People shut down and retreat from God or in retreat. Do y'all follow that? Or am I just talking to myself? (laughs) And so don't ever say, I need to be vulnerable again. Don't stop being vulnerable. It's a better way to live your life. I don't know why I was saying that. But I think one of the things that that verse says to me is that God wants to show us something beyond where we have been. Spiritually, naturally, everything. He wants, God is interested in showing us something beyond what we already know. He, he wants to show us something beyond what we understand already. He wants to reveal Scripture to you beyond what, what you, how you've always understood it. You know, if you think about yesterday's revelation, at the time, everybody was, people would be up in arms about some of the stuff. 
Now it's just like, well, that's no big deal. Why? But there were people who paid a price for revelation, for releasing something new and different. And see, that's, what, that's the kind of people God's looking for. One of the reasons I love that couple so much in their worship is I feel like they are like have a pioneer spirit in them. Is they're not willing to stay where everybody's at. They're willing to go out some into the spirit world and find something beyond that. And they're willing to push out further spiritually than where everybody is. And see, that's really where God's calling us to go. He's calling us to push out further than where we've been. I promise you, when they crossed over, into the, uh, the children of Israel crossed over into the promised land, they had to learn a whole new way of thinking. Okay? Because they had never planted gardens themselves. They didn't know anything about planting gardens. They didn't know anything about that kind of stuff. It was a new thing because they had been walking around doing carry-out manna every day of their life. They, didn't have, they never had to figure out how to cook meals and get food and make it grow. You see, that was a new thought for them. They weren't warriors by nature. They were just wanderers by nature because that's what they've done their whole life and they had to learn how to plant gardens. They had to learn how to cultivate what they had. They had to learn how to fight people at the same time. All that was going on. It was a whole new paradigm. So lots of times when we talk about crossing, everybody thinks all this glorious things are going to happen and God's going to do all this stuff. And guess what? God quit giving them water every day and quit giving them food every day because He wanted to teach them something new. And see, that's what God's interested in now. He's interested in bringing the body of Christ into a new place. And, and it requires learning on our part. And it requires uh, humility on our part. It requires us to go beyond where we've been. And it's hard to do. It's hard to do that. I'll be honest with you. It's really hard to do. It's hard to do that as a, as on an individual level. And it's hard for churches to break through from their past. And go forward. They're good past. They're blessed past. They're failed past. It's hard for us to do that. Because our nature is, is to pull back and guard ourselves. Yet that's where the Lord's going. The Lord's going on. He wants us to go with Him. He wants us to go, to, to move forward. And so I really feel, you know, God wants to change what you're looking at. Some of you, I want to say this, some of you, your past is what you're looking at. Your past failures, what didn't go right. That is the thing that's binding you and poisoning your heart. That's what it's doing to you. It's binding you and poisoning your heart. Some, for some people, it's their glorious past. How God moved, now He's not doing it no more. And you're trying your best to get back to something God did. And God ain't back there no more. And He's not cooperating with you. And it's religion. That's what it, it becomes. It becomes religion. It becomes dead. And your children are going to look at you and say, like, Why, how did you get into religion, Dad? I thought you were a spiritual person. Well, I am. Look at how I'm doing. Well, Dad, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> That's how God moved 20 years ago. He's not doing that anymore. He's got, he's, he's got a different agenda because the world's a different place now and God wants to reveal Himself in a different way. Are you all okay? Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at me <laughs> badly. 
Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. I feel like, I guess I'm really not preaching to you this morning. It's like I'm just sort of talking to you. But I'm, I'm trying to tell you this, okay? This is what I want to tell you. This is what I'm doing, okay? What I'm talking about here is what I'm doing in my personal life. This is what I want to do with this church. I want to take this church forward. I don't want to leave us back there somewhere. Okay? So I've determined in my heart, this is what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm not going to stay where I've been. Because I feel like you're calling me into something better. That's why I said God wants to upgrade. And so that's what I'm going for. I'm not going to keep trying to be a Pentecostal expression that's no longer an adequate Pentecostal expression for what God wants to do now. Now, I love Pentecostal expression, believe me. But I'm just telling you, there's more. God has more for us. I feel like one thing is God really wants to release, release an anointing of creativity for people. Because He wants to start for you to start seeing something different. And what you see is going to direct your life. And you can begin to take what you see and release it. I think that's really important right now. I think it's important for, for the church. I think it's also important for the world. And that expression can be in, and I've, and I've shared this, it can be in any arena of life. I mean any arena of life. Because God really wants to use believers to influence the world. You know what, I, I, I guess I'm just talking to you. I was really blessed that I saw that Heidi Baker, you know, everybody knows who Heidi Baker is. She's a famous missionary, if you don't know, that's, that's insanely successful in Africa. Well, here's what she's doing in Hollywood. Hollywood. She's doing some sort of seminar for people who work in the Hollywood film industry to try to help them be believers and release what God's put in them with the goal in mind. Listen, she has a goal. She has, she has an agenda. Her agenda is this. All those children all over the world that are suffering, that, that, that people could begin to communicate to the world through film and through media in a really great way what's going on so those children could be helped. Now, see, that's a, that's a creativity as a tool. It's not just creativity because I want to be a creative person. No, it's a tool. It's under something. And see, that's really, when I read it, I thought, man, that's, that's perfect. That's right. That's the bullseye. That's God's heart. You know, I may never do any Hollywood thing. Probably won't, more than likely. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't want to limit the Lord, but you know what I'm saying. But where I'm at, I need to allow God. I don't need to limit God where I'm at. And what God's called me to do every day in my life. And I really want to encourage, encourage you to, you know, begin to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work in your life in a new way, yeah. in a different way. Yeah. And, I, and, and I think it really does start with what you see. Yeah. And I want to encourage you to let God heal your eyes to see something different. Because yeah. the third one, which I don't really have the time to talk about, is the powerful anointing of healing that God can bring into our lives to heal us of things that hinder us from seeing. Because we do have to have healing in our hearts to be able to see 
properly and begin because that's what happened to Simon is he he needed something more than what he was getting and I think he's the guy that church history says that he was just I think it was him it was him or the other guy one one of them they were just crazy they just went nuts and got on top of a building and years later and thought they could fly that's how insane they became, how bound, how poisoned they became. We think we would never do that, but if poison gets into your heart, if it stays there long enough, it'll totally warp you. And he thought he could fly and jump off this building. Of course, the law of gravity showed him who he was, and he died. I just feel like this morning... I want to just want to encourage you really about what I'm saying is be willing to leave and see something different for your life and whatever you're seeing think about it ask yourself what am I seeing for my life what really ask yourself that I was pretty shocked when I began to really look at what I was seeing because to tell you the truth, some of the things I was seeing was not good. And I thought, if I keep looking that way, if I keep seeing that, it's going to take me down a road I don't want to go. I have really good friends that have basically stopped spiritually because they quit seeing something ahead of them. And they've stopped. And you know what's happening to them? They're slowly dying. Spiritually, and physically, they're dying. And when you get up in your 60s, you don't want them to start slowly dying from not seeing the right thing. You, you want to see right to the end and like, oh, it's time to stop here and go see something else somewhere else. That's the best way to live. All right, can y'all just give me a moment here? Because I'm, I'm really feeling like I want to just ask the Lord to help you. Lord, I just pray, Lord, for everybody in the room. I just pray this morning for certain ones of us who are stuck and, and drifted off, Lord, somewhere years ago. And stopped. I'm I'm praying for them right now. Lord, I'm asking you to help them. I'm asking you to help them to see something different. And the thing that they've adopted in their life, the thing they've adopted to see out of their hurt, their failure, their woundedness, the things that were done to them or things they did, Lord, that's that's taken them down the wrong path. This morning I pray you'd reveal it to them that they would see. They would see... They would see the poison that has entered their life. I, I ask you to help them, Lord. I ask you to have mercy on them, Lord. Also, Lord, I pray for those who've had failure in their life. They failed their, they failed in their calling. They failed in their marriage. They failed in their relationships, Lord. And they stop because of failure. 
They just stopped. Just ask you, Lord, today that they would see something besides the failure. I was looking at my grandchildren the other day, and I felt like the Lord told me to bless them. And I said, what, do you, how, what should I bless them with, Lord? He said, bless them with eyes to see opportunity, a future, and a hope when everybody else is seeing calamity. There you go. He said, bless them with that. And I said, Lord, do that for my grandchildren because they're probably going to grow up in a world that's going to have a lot more calamity than the world I grew up in. But if they can see opportunity, if they can see God instead of seeing the calamity and focusing on the calamity, then they can do something. And see, that's what the church needs. It's, it's going to need that. So I'm praying, you know, that the Lord would give you that blessing. It's not that we deny terrible things. We don't deny them. But we don't put our focus there. We see something different. We see what God is showing us about those terrible things and what He can do about those terrible things. And I think that's really important. And I think it becomes more important for our generations under us, especially the really young ones. It's going to be really important. I've spent years trying to cultivate and learn how to see spiritually. Okay? And the Lord's taught me a bunch of things to be able to see into the spirit realm. But this is the thing, what I'm talking about to you today, is like He said, I want to show you another way to see. And it's what I'm talking to you about. And everybody in this room can do this. I realize everybody in the room has struggled about seeing spiritually, but everybody in this room can be, you can see where your life's going. You can begin to work there. And when you begin to do that, you'll connect and start seeing more spiritually. So I just pray, Lord, you would open eyes to see this morning. To be able to really see. And we need a lot of grace right now. Okay? We need a lot of grace for each other. And I feel like, this is what I feel like the Lord told me to tell you, is you're free. Okay? You're free. The Lord, I mean, I feel like God wants to just loose, release people from feeling an obligation to be something or do something. Okay? That the best way you, God can ever get a hold of your heart is for obligations to be removed from you. Okay, where God says to you, if that's the direction you want to go, you're free to go. This is, what it, this is how it could end for you, but you are free to do that. You, you have that choice. Okay, and I feel like there's this people in this room that in my heart, that I have just, I have labored over in my heart towards some people in this room. They're sitting here right now, I guess, I mean, I've been crushed over, and I feel like the Lord said, you need to let them go. You need to let them go in the direction they want to go with their life. Because as long as you're trying to battle out in your heart and wanting to see them come, not go this direction, I can't, I can't work in their life. And so the Lord just wants to release you this morning. If you feel like you're straying and you want to stray, then that's between you and God. And if you've justified where you're at, that's between you and God. You're released to go and, you know, you and God 
get that. I think this is going to be important in the times ahead. Does y'all understand that? Yep. Don't be mad at me, but I still love you to death. But if that's where you're at, I can't. I'm not God. I can't. I can't help you. Only God can help you. And I don't want to bind people. Once I had a lady that I loved dearly, and she was she came to me and said that she wanted to leave her husband, and I begged her not to, but she left him. And she started falling away from the Lord and started drinking, started doing drugs again. She'd been involved in that lifestyle. And I kept going after and after and after, trying to convince her not to do what she was doing, that it was a terrible mistake. And the Lord told me, you need to, you need to release her because you're in the way. And, and I told her that. I said, I, you know, I'm not your shepherd no more. Because you've chosen to go in a different place that I can't go. And she said, Byron, doesn't God's grace, can I always come back? Isn't grace? I said, oh, yeah, you can always come back. Grace is always there. It's not coming back. It's what can happen to you where you're at. That's, that's what concerns me about you. And uh, she didn't really want me to let go of her. That was crazy. Yet she still wanted to go in this direction. And see how God is, is God, like the prodigal son, God releases. But his heart's always there for us. And I think we have to have that heart with each other. I think parents need to do that with their children, is release them, you know, when they come to the age where they need to be released and let God do that. Okay, I'm going to stop. I think I'm... Thank y'all. Lord, have mercy, right? Yes, yes Lord, we, we need mercy. I want to just ask you, Lord, I just feel the Holy Spirit. I don't know what He wants to do, but I feel like He wants to rest on your head. That's what I feel. Okay? I feel like He wants to settle on your head. Head being the representation of your thought life. Okay? I had a dream last night. In the dream, I was going to get a new haircut like I got hair to cut. <laughs> and the person was saying, Byron, here's the thing about this new haircut. It's going to look different. And I said, really? They said, yeah, go wet the top of your head and look at the way it looks wet. That's what they told me. I said, really? That's what it's going to look like? I'm not sure I want to do that. And they said, that's what it's going to look like if you get this new haircut, which was really stupid. But when I woke up, I realized what the Lord was saying is that He really wants to come on our thoughts. And He wants us to get some new thoughts going. Okay? And those new thoughts are going to change the way we look. And it's going to change the way we look at ourselves. We're going to see ourselves differently. We're going to see Him differently. We're going to see each other differently. And we're going to see the world differently. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I think He wants to... Put his self, his hand, his breeze on your head and blow some new thoughts into your head and begin to give you a different view than you've had. So let's ask him to do that right now, okay? Lord, I ask you for people in this room. I, I believe you want to make a change. 
I believe you want to transform some lives. I believe we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're transformed by something that comes upon our mind, the anointing of God, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit that comes upon our mind, and that begins to transform us because we begin to see life different. We begin to make new choices. We begin to make new decisions. We, make, we, we, we change the way we think. And we begin to connect with what God has. And so, Lord, I ask for the Holy Spirit to come now like you did when you hovered on the earth. You were just flicking around over the waters. And you released something in that moment. You released something into the earth that caused creation to come forth. That caused life to spring forth. And I'm asking that for each one of us this morning. That you would come upon our minds right now. And something would happen upon our minds, Lord some new thoughts, some new feelings, some new perspectives. I pray for minds to be healed this morning. And Lord, we begin to see something different than we've seen, which is going to cause us to act different, which is going to cause us to be different, Lord. Lord, I believe with all my heart that there's an upgrade coming for people. There's an upgrade That's what I hear the Spirit saying. I want to upgrade you. I don't want to downgrade you. I want to upgrade you. I want to bring you into something more. Your life is not finished. He wants you to have a future and a hope. He wants you to have a plan. To see His plans of peace and prosperity for your life. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. But He needs you to cooperate with Him. He needs you to work with Him. And allow this to happen. So I bless this congregation, Lord. I bless this con- I bless this church, Lord. I bless it with the same blessing that we would be able to see opportunity in the in the midst of chaos. We would be able to see your plans of peace, your plans of prosperity in the middle of economic.